Welcome to this edition of A Server's Journey with Rocky DeStefano. Rocky DeStefano's been a server since his early days of working behind the counter at a Chick-fil-A store in South Florida. Today, he has a successful restaurant of his own. Rocky is called upon by the Chick-fil-A family to help in the development of staff training around the country. Being a leader and a server himself, he likes to talk about leading yourself, a few, many, and an organization. Recently, Rocky was selected to be selected for two local service awards, from the Cornerstone Hospice as Man of the Year and from the Chamber of Commerce as Citizen of the Year in the greater Orlando area. He was surprised and honored by these accolades. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for that introduction. I appreciate it very much. Well, what a journey you've been on already. Yeah, well, I think that has to do more with how old I am than anything else. (laughs) Oh, come on. So this is episode one of the new podcast called A Server's Journey. Yeah. And where's it going to take us? You know, um, I am so excited about this journey that we're about to take, and I hope that we get just hundreds and thousands of people to come along. It is something that I am passionate about, and I truly believe in. Uh, A server's journey is really for anybody in any level of leadership, whether you're the CEO of a $9 billion company or a mother who's leading her household. Um, I think that life is full of stories and I hope that together on this journey, we're going to make a lot of stories better. So I think it'll be great and helpful for us to meet here each week at this time. Yes, sir. And if you miss a session, remember, you can always check back on the episode log and check in at any time. You know, to get to know Rocky, can I call you Rocky, by the way? Well, you can call me Rocky, Rocco, whatever. Whatever. Uh, You know, I thought it'd be a good idea just to get to know you a little bit. So where, where did your journey start? Well, you know, I was born in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, my parents You're were, a Buckeye? Yeah, I am a Buckeye, and, you know, proud Buckeye. <laughs> um, you never miss those football games, no, do you? I, you know, it's the one winning team we have. My uh, parents were, were immigrants from uh, uh, Italy, so that, without a doubt, flavors who I am and, and, and how I was raised. My um, parents moved to Florida, sunny Florida. They got tired of the winters in uh, early uh, 80s, and I was kind of a, a kid that was a little bit adrift, I would say. I was trying to figure out my way. My parents were great people, and they gave me as much guidance as they could, but, you know, they were still learning what did America. You, what do you mean by you, you were trying to find your way? What was happening? You know, I, I wasn't really a great student. Um, I had a, a knack for getting in trouble, uh, kind of being a knucklehead. And my parents, as I said, they gave me a lot of guidance and a lot of real tough love. You know, they were still learning America, too, and kind of its ways. So you're in high school? Yeah, I'm in high school. They put you to work? uh, Yeah. So that was definitely something that was never open for debate. You got a job. And, you know, if it didn't help you earn money or have a career, then why are we doing it? That was their mentality. Now, you said your parents were immigrants. Was it in your family? Were you helping to support the family at that time it's a, so so we had a large family i had four older sisters and myself and uh one one wage earner uh everything was a little bit of survival but without a doubt you know we lived in in cleveland we lived in this little pocket where uh less than a quarter mile away were my both my grandparents uh three of my aunts and uncles 
and uh, my dad was the gentleman they called for everything and anything. Okay. So yeah, we were supporting a lot of people. I think. Okay, and now you're <clears throat> you're in South Florida. Yeah, you get a job at McDonald's. I do right. And how uh, did that happen? My dad said, "Get up and go to work." He was uh, he was kind of tired of me laying laying around being a uh, you know a lazy log. And and this is your what sixteen years old? Yeah, a- actually, I think I was fifteen. So I'm sure we probably were breaking a few laws back then. Um, but you know, hey, we, it, we it was did it back then. You, so it kids could go ages. to work much earlier. Right. Yeah, and so you know, I, I I got a job at McDonald's, and if I were to to describe myself to you, I I, I had to be the worst team member worst employee that they had probably ever seen. I, I Again, as I mentioned before, I, I got in trouble a lot. I was always up to something. Um, liked to have a lot of fun, and a lot of times that was at the expense of, of McDonald's, without a doubt. And I didn't have a great work ethic. As much as you think I would because of my parents, I, I really didn't. I was lazy, misguided, didn't have a lot of direction at all. Mm. So what happens <clears throat> at uh, McDonald's? So I, uh, you know, this was back in the day before uh, phone video, thank God. But in a in a dramatic Hollywood script ending, um, I was fired for hitting a customer with something. Uh, I, I believe it was a, sa- a sauce. I'm not sure what sauce it was. It may, may oh. have been the sweet and sour sauce, but... I, I didn't intend to hit them. I intended to hit one of my friends at work, but... So you're goofing around. I was goofing around pretty, uh-huh. pretty yeah. So, you know, I was asked to leave very, uh, very, very uh, urgently, and... Um, they kicked you out. They kicked me out, yes. That's, that's true. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, boy, I was afraid, Larry, at that point, because I could not go home and tell my parents, not only was I a worthless... A terrible worker, but I had been fired from McDonald's. It just would not have gone well. So where did you go? Uh, well, I got up um, every day after school. I packed my uniform like I was going to work. Several several times I even put it on and left in my car and had a change of clothes. And boy, I pounded the streets looking for another job because I thought if I come home with another job, I probably won't be yeah. harshly punished. Right. Yeah. Um, so I got lucky. I after two weeks, I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I couldn't find a job. And I wandered into the arcade in our local mall. And I came out of the arcade. I was really just killing time. And I remember seeing the storefront that I didn't know. I really didn't know what it was. And it was like the the skies opened. And it was Chick-fil-A. It was a directly a, across from the arcade. Wow. And this was in the mall. Yeah. And so I said, hey, what the heck? I'm here. I got to kill time. Let me go in there and see hey, about a job. Hey, you're experienced That's in right. restaurants, That's right. right? So I, I went inside and I, I asked if I could speak to the manager and a gentleman named Joe DiNardo came out and uh, I said, can I fill an application out? He said, yeah, let's, let's sit down right now, which I was not prepared for. I, he took me kind of off guard a little bit with that. But he came out and sat with me, and man, we realized we had all these connection points. He was uh, the son of an Italian immigrant, first-generation American like me. He actually was born and raised in Cleveland, just like me, really uh, a hop and a skip away from where I was raised. Um, Man, it was just such so many connecting points. He asked me this question, and I'm convinced that it's part providence that I answered honestly. You know, mm-hmm. um, I haven't mentioned this, but I, I had a penchant to find trouble and I had a very willing nature of lying. I, I, I lied a lot, even when the truth would be easier, I think. Mm. 
And I don't know where I got that from, but I did. So he asked me if I called McDonald's and asked them what type of employee you were, mm -hmm. what would you say? And I don't know what happened, but I do believe there's a, there's a certain amount of providence because I looked at him and I said, Joe, they would tell you that I was the worst team member they'd ever had and that you should avoid me at any cost. Wow. What a statement. Absolutely. But and providential. Yes. I thought, he said, okay, I'll give you a call and uh, <laughs> we'll see. And I, I thought that was the nice, polite kiss off. And um, I was shocked the next day when he called me and he offered me a job. And uh, that's kind of uh, been the biggest uh, bit of luck I, I think I, I found. So that was the early days of working behind the counter absolutely. at a Chick-fil-A in South Florida. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, was, it changed my life. Um, Joe and his wife and his family were almost the antithesis of my family. We were both Italian immigrants. We were, uh, you know, very deeply rooted into our culture and our family, but Joe was this amazing guy. He was easy to speak with. Um, he was a hard worker. He was a servant leader. He absolutely cared for his people. Even even more so, his wife cared for his people. And uh, Joe began to s slowly but surely chip away at um, some of my inadequacies and really build me up into something uh, of, of what I was to become. So you are now a successful restaurant owner yeah, of yes. Chick-fil-A. Yes. The journey has been quite broad. Absolutely. You know, I, the, the next chapter, maybe the next big event was, you know, Joe had really begun to change me. I'd been accepted by his family. He was absolutely convinced that I had to go to college. Now, my parents were 100% behind that bandwagon. But at that point, you know, at that age, I was not listening to my parents as much. Well, and you said you weren't that good of a student. So how are you no. going to get into college? No, I was uh, uh, at best a, a CB student, um, but I also didn't really apply myself. But so Joe uh, had heard about a scholarship that Chick-fil-A offered to a small school in Georgia. And he literally took me and my best friend and drove us up there to uh, visit the campus and uh, to apply for the scholarship. And it, again, probably the second thing in my life that really changed me. I assume you got the scholarship. <clears throat> yeah, I did. And I, I'm not quite sure, again, why. Uh, I think that, you know, people who gave me these chances, they saw something in me that I don't even know if I saw in myself at that point. But I, or maybe I just fooled them, but whatever <laughs> happened, they, uh, they allowed me into their school. Okay, and you completed four years of college. I did, yeah, I did, and you know, I became a great student. Not, not only a good, but a great. I finally started catching a vision that wow, I, I could, I could be something. I could do something. I could, I could change, uh, you know, you know where I came from. Were you still working with Chick Fil A at the time? Yeah, I did. I, I continued working at part time a, while mm -hmm. school. Yeah, different operator, uh, different store, but I also drove a bus, and I also was a janitor. So in order to, you know. They gave me a scholarship. There was still a whole lot that wasn't covered. So uh, I worked um, three jobs, really, to kind of, like, get by. Okay, so you got through college, you graduated. <clears throat> then you went on to what, law school? Yeah, I uh, got you, a scholarship, yes. Rocky Law. I know, right? I can see the shingle now. Yeah, I, you know, I think it was probably the you know John Grissom books that really encouraged me that law was what I should do. <laughs> um, but I got accepted into uh, a 
law school and uh, actually got a, a half tuition scholarship, which which sure helped. Uh, strange, was that the same school? Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was not actually. It took me down to South Florida, um, dual enrollment with St. Thomas and University of Miami. Okay, and so you were such a great law student, you just loved the law, right? Okay, so that's that's partly true, Larry. Thank you <laughs> for giving me credit. I, <laughs> I loved the study of law, um, but I began to realize I didn't want to be an attorney, and and nothing against attorneys. I you know I have one. I think every smart person does, but I just realized it was not going to be a good fit for me and and who I wanted to become. So I was lost again. Really? Yeah. So I, didn't Chick Fil A play a part here? So yeah, it was really odd. I was in between my first and second year. I was doing a grand opening for Chick-fil-A, helping them open a store, and I was approached by a uh, home office employee, a a staff member, and he looked at me and he said, why are you not with Chick-fil-A? And I said to him, man, that's a good question. And so I began to apply to become an owner-operator franchisee of Chick-fil-A. And did you get a store? Oh, boy, they made me work for it. But, yes, I did. I I, uh, was accepted into the program, left law school, and uh, have never looked back. I traveled for several years running very hard stores to run for Chick-fil-A, kind of resuscitating the stores. And you were all over the country. Chick-fil-A wasn't that broad at that time, right? No, no. We were uh, probably around 300 stores, and nobody really knew who. Yeah, who was Chick-fil-A? Exactly. Nobody really knew who Chick-fil-A was back then. Um, but, you know, more than anything, I was attracted to what Joe was to me, the impact and the influence that Joe was to me. I met the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett Cathy, and he looked at me and said that, you know, our mission is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of what we've been given and to have a positive influence on people that we come in contact with. And, man, for a kid who was lost and unsure uh, I was shocked that there was nothing about selling chicken or making money in that statement. And it really, it it resonated in me in a way that nothing else really had. Now that we got that out of the way, yeah. I know you're a serving person. <clears throat> Absolutely. And there's more to just work and business. Right. Uh, what about your family life? When did you meet your wife? So I met my wife at college. Uh, thanks again to that scholarship. So, you know, you're seeing a consistent trend. I wandered out of the arcade. I saw a company I didn't know. I got a job. I got a college degree. I met my wife, and I found my career, all from uh, trying to avoid getting in serious trouble for my father. Wow. Just walking into the store. Yeah. So uh, how is, what about your family life? What, what, what do you do? You're a successful businessman, yeah. but yeah. you got a family to run. And, and I'm even more proud of that. I have uh, been married now 26 years Congratulations. to Trisha. She's a wonderful woman who puts up with me, and uh, that is a full-time job. I have three great daughters, uh, and they don't even realize how big of a part of my life they are. Um, they are everything to Trish and I, and uh, we have been blessed beyond measure. You have a spiritual life as sure. well. Yeah. How does that fit into this journey? I was a, a Catholic kid. Uh, you know, we went to church every time the church was open because we were we were supposed to. But I didn't really have any faith of my own. 
Joe and his wife led me to a relationship with God, um, and it was different than what my relationship was. Uh, It was more one of, we have to do this. Uh, Joe and his wife, it was more of, we get to do this. So they had another profound uh, effect on me in helping me figure out my faith journey, too. Well, tell me about the time that Joe approached you regarding your spiritual life. Right. Yeah, so um, I had I had begun to change. I had become a very hard worker for Joe, and mostly because I loved Joe. I didn't want to let him down. I knew that this was his livelihood. So I, I did become a, a much more dedicated team member, but I, I still had my lazy side. And so one day I was coming off break and didn't really want to go back to work. And I knew that if I got Joe started uh, talking about God, that I could kind of milk the clock for a little bit longer. And so I did. I started a conversation with him, a very open-ended question. And I remember 30-something minutes later going downstairs back to work and realizing that I, I had to change. So that was the beginning of my faith journey. So you're a successful businessman. You have have a very good store. Yes, sir. Why are you so involved in leadership and developing other people and guiding them? You know, my my first several years of of being an owner-operator, I was able to kind of muscle it myself. It was really my efforts and my hard work, and uh, I could do everything better, or so I thought. Um, And, you know, God began to change me. And the business began to change me because the scope and the success of Chick-fil-A uh, began to become astronomical. It just was up and to the right. And I, I realized I couldn't, I couldn't handle this myself anymore. And so I was going to have to change my leadership approach or I was going to die of a heart attack over a you know, chicken cooker in the back, back kitchen. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really began to say, okay, so what are... What are the things that I have? What are the assets to our store? And we had a lot. We had great food, and we had a great brand, and it was a strong brand that was becoming very, very popular. But my greatest asset was my people, the people that were working for us and who, just like me with Joe, they they were bought in, and they were bought in because they knew that I cared and I loved them um, no matter what they did or, or, or who they were. I was more um, interested in what they could become than necessarily who they were at the moment. And I think that was what Joe saw in me. He, I, he, he did not see a good team member. He must have saw somebody who could become a good person. Now, I know you interview people yet today. Yeah, I, yeah, I do try, you try to see, be involved. Yeah. Do you see Rocky walking in yourself? Do you, do you understand that question? Yeah, sure. Do, do you see that? So I, I definitely have, my, my heartstrings are always pulled for that young young man or young woman who didn't have the ideal uh, Norman Rockwell kind of upbringing, who maybe ha, have, have has been through a little bit. Um, yeah, I always think, what could they become? You know, what, what could we help them become? Now, has any of... Can you give an example of someone that you saw like that, and what have they done? Yeah, you know, so we've been blessed. We've, we've had four of our uh, team members that started when they were 16, 17, who now own restaurants of their own. So, yeah, I, I've seen a dramatic, you know, impact. And, and of course, it's not just me. It's, it's really Chick-fil-A as a whole, but, but it is a lot of 
the things I believe in and the things that we teach and we preach within Chick-fil-A and also at my store. And has anyone really gone to higher levels beyond the store? You know, we have had uh, team members who uh, helped President Obama run his campaigns. um, And I think we know that he was successful, (laughs) got elected twice. Uh, We've had game designers that were the impetus uh, behind uh, rock band and guitar hero and have gone on to wildly successful careers. Um, We've had politicians come out of our stores and attorneys and and then we've had some really great leaders of Chick-fil-A restaurants, too, and, and I don't want to minimize that. Well, it looks like this is the start of a journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I said, this is just one step at a time. Right. And I believe what we're going to do is we're going to be able to pull some of these other leaders in to share what their story has been. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, my hope, and again, it's great if we can apply this to business. It's great. And you know, one thing I want to point out is profit isn't a dirty word. It, it, there's nothing wrong with making money or being successful business. If you look at um, Blake, I believe his name, Blake McCoskey from Tom's Shoes, which I oh, think yeah. everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, his idea was to help the world by running a great business. And, you know, he started in 2006. I think he's given out 40 million pairs of shoes and uh, has attributed... 335,000 weeks of clean water and um, restored eyesight and gotten glasses for hundreds of thousands of kids. He also made $390 million as a company last year and is wildly successful. So those, those things are not at odds. But whether you apply it at business or whether you take it to your marriage or, or your how you raise your kids, th- there's some points that are consistent in no matter what we do. And I think those are, I look back, why did I not care at McDonald's and why did I care at Chick-fil-A? And it was because somebody cared for me and somebody saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And he almost willed me to become this person that I could become. So I hope we do that for a wife to a husband or or a father to their kids or or to your team at at work uh, that's the journey i hope that we progress can, on yeah can be on yeah well listen you can check out the website the website is called a servers journey.com yes sir and we'd like you to subscribe to the podcast weekly because each wednesday the podcast will be here ready for you yeah and you know larry one one last thing i, I hope you sense the passion that that I have and Larry has and we're going to be introducing some guest hosts also you know we're not just doing this for for no reason we really feel that in the world today there's darkness without a doubt in this world today but we see a a brighter future and, and we think it's really all around this idea of being a servant leader and uh, getting the best out of people You know, I hope that together we're going to make some amazing stories come true. So, until next time. Yep, I'm Rocky DeStefano, and I appreciate you listening. 